I wasn't terribly surprised. I thought it made sense dramaturgically. Hello and welcome into the fourth episode of Dramaturgically, the podcast where I, your host Stephen Clark, dissect and uh, break apart foreign and classic cinema. Today is the very the fourth episode, like I mentioned, and it's a pretty special one because we're going to be talking about the directorial debut of Andrei Ivan. <laughs> this is this is a Russian name, so uh, forgive me for my pronunciation, but I ber- I believe that it's pronounced Andrei Ivan Gianstev. So yeah, for anyone that's uh, Russian that might be listening, um, you can probably pronounce that better than me. Um, but regardless, this is truly from what I've seen of his work so far <laughs> one of the uh, most incredible voices um, to come out of cinema in the last 20 years and this is seriously seriously such a powerhouse of a film uh, we're going to be talking about his directorial debut called The Return which came out in 2003 um, seriously I just can't believe that this is a directorial debut um, and Thank God that it was it was um, lauded upon. It won the Golden Lion for the best film at Venice Film Festival, um, a very prestigious award. And he would go on to be a pretty prolific director. I think um, he has now made six uh, full feature length films, um, roughly roughly averaging a film every three to four years. Um, and I look forward to now watching more of his films and. Uh, hopefully talking about them on the podcast to follow. But without any further ado, let me probably introduce you to 2003's The Return. follows the story of two young Russian boys, Ivan and Andre, whose father mysteriously returns into their lives after not having been present for the past 12 years. He takes the boys on a holiday to a remote island on a lake that turns into a test of manhood of almost mythical proportions. Now, that's a super simple way of summarizing this film, but really, there is truly so much to unpack with this film. Um... Not only does it seem autobiographical in a lot of ways, um, it also acts as a a tentpole for nostalgia in general and is a classic coming-of-age film in some ways and in other ways it's a film about adulthood, about a life, um, about longing, about love, um, about kinship of, of siblinghood. It's... There's so many themes cram-packed into this film that truly, like I mentioned before, it's hard to believe that this is a directorial debut because it's got the hand work and the craftsmanship and the fingerprints of, of a master all over this film. Um, and what I mean by that is not only is the narrative obviously extremely enticing and um, just oozing with drama... Um, just the execution of everything is is so subtle and 
so seamless. Um, the way that the camera moves, the way that uh, we look at these children, the, the nuances of the acting, and these are two absolutely stunning child performances from Vladimir Garin and Konstantino Lavarenko, um, which I'll tell you more about those two young men at the end of the podcast because there's some interesting facts that go along with this film about them. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, the film obviously follows the story of these two young boys. Um, Andre, who is the oldest, he's sort of um, shown to us quite early on to be a bit of a sheep and he's a bit of a follower and he sort of um, has has gone through life uh, pleasing people and is a bit of a, a bit of a bully to his younger to his younger brother. Um, interestingly enough, this dynamic usually uh, pushes the younger brother to be a bit uh, quiet and reserved. Um, but interestingly enough, um, Ivan, who is uh, the youngest sibling and essentially our lead character in this film, uh, he he's, he's a very outgoing uh, young man. He has no issue putting uh, putting his mind forward and saying what he believes in. Um, we see this constantly. He's shown uh, essentially to go against the flow in a lot of situations. Um, he's got his own flaws. He's a bit cowardly, and I think his outspokenness um, sometimes gets him into trouble. Uh, but he's definitely not afraid to sort of stand up for himself. Um, but regardless, we know from the early outset that both these boys are struggling um, to come to terms with their identity as young men, and um, we we begin to notice uh, sort of their ease to violence and a lot of different things. Um, that sort of signify maybe a lack of a male presence in their life, um, which we then come to learn is indeed the fact. And one day when they return home, suddenly their father is there and he's sleeping in, in, in his mother's bed and things are, things are, are not uh, as the boys have, have come to expect essentially. And they're, they're really taken aback by this and they sort of um, stop their little squabbling that they're their classic daily squabbling that you'd imagine two two brothers have every single day, and they sort of focus on on what do they think this man is doing here. I mean, at first they're not even sure it is their father for sure because you know they've never seen photos of him up until this point. They they begin to wonder whether or not everything they've heard about their father from their mother is actually true. Um, she told them that he was a pilot, but to their eyes, he doesn't look like a pilot. They're two very observant young men, and um, a lot of this film is is voyeuristic in the way that we we see the film through their eyes. We are on their level, on the ground perspective. We don't know much about this man, and we sort of see him through their eyes um, and observe him a lot in, in the way that he is. And yeah, obviously, he takes them on a trip, and without spoiling too much, because this is primarily a spoiler-free podcast... Um, the boys go on the trip and they begin to learn a lot more about their father and he is certainly not the uh, loving and caring type and nurturing type that's for sure he is quite violent and aggressive with them he teaches them harsh lessons um, all through this facade in his own mind presumably uh, to teach them about masculinity and about what it is to be a man through his own opinion uh, there's enough subtlety in there to for us to, I guess, extrapolate that maybe this is similar to how he was brought up and he's uh, merely now trying to make up for lost time. Uh, we don't really ever learn why he was gone in the first place and that is part of such um, of the, the mystery and the aura about this film that makes it so 
tantalizing um, because we're just we're desperate for more and more knowledge and the way that we're drip fed just little bits of information throughout the film little bits of characterization uh, as the as the siblings get to know their father more and as they uh, as they begin to understand him more and as he begins to understand them but there seems to always be this massive disconnect which is uh, so strong throughout the film um, this sense of feeling that the father the father is cold and is perhaps trying trying to connect with the boys, but in his own callous way. And the boys, are, are, uh, specifically Andre, the older brother, is desperate to make a, and establish a connection with their father. He's very forgiving of his father's absence and he and his, and his mean demeanor. And he sort of is trying to really establish a connection. Whereas Ivan, the, perhaps the more observant and, um, and more forward-thinking of the two, uh, definitely um, doesn't forgive the father for his absence and constantly brings it up and, and toys with him and sort of uh, provokes the father. And this this bleeds into a really interesting dynamic between the siblings because Andre views Ivan's uh, reluctance to accept their father as an obstacle for his own connection to their father. And uh, this creates quite the tension between the young boys. And th- this relationship between the two young brothers is, is definitely worth mentioning in its own right because... Because the way that it develops, the way that it uh, they find camaraderie in each other when their father is mean to them versus when they fight each other when they're trying desperately to connect with their father. It's, it's, it's truly a, an absolutely perfect encapsulation of what it feels like to be fighting for a parent's love. Um, and it's, it's perfectly, perfectly portrayed here in this film. Uh, the cinematography in this film is absolutely outstanding. I mean, the the wild wilderness of of Petersburg, I believe, um, is where this film was shot, is is completely dazzling at times. Um, I mean, we see everything from uh, rainy countrysides to forests to a magnificent lake um, to tall green grass, and the whole film has this sort of um, this uh, green color grade over it, um, which just gives everything a bit of like a an earthy uh, nature naturistic vibe, um, and it just looks absolutely stunning uh, at every single turn. And it's no surprise uh, that it that it gained a lot of adulation um, in the in the years to come for that reason as well. Uh, to dive deeper into the themes itself, I think this is definitely a film about masculinity because at the end of the day, the father is consistently testing the children, um, whether it be on their skills in certain departments which he deems uh, masculine um, or whether it be um, how they react to certain situations. He, he keeps putting them in scenarios where he expects them to make decisions that maybe a grown man would make or that maybe um, uh, tougher young men would make. And essentially his children can't live up to these expectations, perhaps because they've been uh, brought up without a a male figure in their life, perhaps because they're just not similar people to him. And um, this becomes more and more obvious as the film goes on that it is, that it's bugging the father and this is becoming a real driving point for him. Um, And perhaps this is a reflection of his own disappointment in himself because he hasn't been there and hasn't been able to implement this on the children. But I guess the real uh, sadness of this film comes from the fact that we just, that we'll just never know. And this is sort of a, in a lot of ways, a failed attempt to connect and, and, and seeing a film that is truly about, um, 
failure to connect is 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 really interesting because a lot a lot of films that are similar to this uh, will will permeate themselves on the premise that you know that eventually uh, these characters will connect and will form some sort of bond. And this film doesn't seem to be very interested from the offset in establishing uh, that destination. It truly is about the awkwardness of this event, about how a father returning for 12 years and expecting everything to be okay has an effect on his children. And this is not a relationship that can be solved with a simple pack your fishing rods in the back of the car, let's let's head out into the wilderness and, and start fishing together because there are a lot of traumas that come with um, the lack of a parental figure in the life for children and, and I think there's a lot of traumas carried for a parent uh, knowing that he has been absent and I think even if the character of the father never explicitly uh, states this to the audience... Uh, I think we we see it through through the actor's eyes. We see it through his tone and his his endeavour to to form this uh, sort of uh, really uh, toxic connection with the children. And yeah, I think just to end off on the on the thematic value of this film, it's really important to say that this is a devastating film. Um, constantly while watching this, I just felt this permeation of sadness and uh, this weight of just true remorse and melancholy and um it was quite it was quite cringy to watch in in some moments because and i don't mean that in a way that like the film is of poor quality no i mean that in the way that it's quite cringy to watch this father try and implement himself on these children who we we get we get to know pretty well in the first act and we just understand that this form of parenthood that he's employing is never going to connect with them and it's also very sad because we're seeing the children clearly, desperately would like to connect in some way, and they um, they would love to to love him and to trust him and to feel safe with him, but unfortunately, just the way that he is, yeah, uh, this isn't this isn't possible. And to see that played out on screen in such a real way, like I mean, this film, it truly feels like we're watching a documentary at times, almost because it just you're just so immersed in the narrative and what's going on in this journey to see it play out in, in such a, a realistic way is truly upsetting. And I mean, I will not spoil anything about the third act of this film because it heads in some directions that you just cannot believe. And it has twists and turns for this film that you would not expect. Um, and they absolutely come down like a hammer on top of your head because yeah, it is a, it's truly a, a sad film and a third act that will leave a lot of people um, uh, reeling and and it'll be it'll be quite a memorable experience for a lot of people, I think. And I think it um, would be a great film for, for anyone who is a parent or, or is thinking about becoming a parent one day to watch as well because I think it's a film that reminds you about the importance of, of connection with your children and uh, maybe anyone who has... Uh, a hard relationship with their own parents um, would gain something from this film as well um, because I think it is to some ex extent therapeutic and I think that is the nature of film that if you're able to see your own life reflected in, in some small way on the screen that makes us feel more connected to our fellow human and it's just one of the things I love about film in general it's one of the things I love about this film um, and again just an astonishing quiet and and disquieting masterpiece for a directorial debut 
Um, and just to finish off, I think it's important to mention this at, at the end of this podcast here. Um, this film has has uh, a very sad undertone to everything because uh, a lot of the film takes place on this lake in Petersburg. It's a beautiful lake uh, in the countryside of Russia. And uh, a lot of the film takes place here, specifically in the third act. And the young actor Vladimir Garin, who plays Andre, the oldest sibling, actually died uh, in that very lake where we see the filming take place uh, only three months after completion of the film. And he never uh, got to see the success of this film and how it took um, Europe, particularly by storm. Um, and it's very sad uh, knowing that fact and, and thinking about those scenes on the lake, uh, knowing that, that a young man lost his life uh, with so much talent because truly, uh, specifically, uh, those two young boys in this film give absolutely incredible performances and um, the looks on their faces as certain things happen in, happen in the third act and as they begin to uncover the truth of, of their father and um, just the subtlety in their acting is, is truly remarkable and it, and it makes me sad to think uh, what maybe young Vladimir Garin could have achieved in his acting career um, had he not been taken from us too soon. So I, even though he passed away 20 years ago now, and that's how long this film has been out, 20 years, um, I hope he is resting in peace um, and maybe there is some solace in the fact that uh, he left something behind in the world that is truly, in my opinion, a beautiful piece of art. Okay, well, thank you again for joining me on this spoiler-free review of The Return. Uh, I would love to chat about this film with anyone who, who gets the opportunity to see it. I would love anyone to seek it out. Uh, it's perhaps one that you might not have heard of before, but I can guarantee you, based on this review, that if you are into films that will shake your soul... <laughs> um, this will not disappoint you. So thank you again for joining episode four of Dramaturgically, and I hope you join us again for the next episode. Until then, have a great day.